This podcast is a project of the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency committed to building creative communities and inspiring creative minds. We're finding that people who are living in difficult circumstance are desperate for these opportunities to give these gifts to their children, to provide them with these educational opportunities and have new experiences which are very, very important to the brain development of young children. Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Massachusetts Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Carol Charnow, president and CEO of the Boston Children's Museum. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Carol, you are doing something that we are so impressed with here at the Mass Cultural Council that I wanted you to come on our podcast and tell everybody about it. And it has to do with the way that you are uh, finding um, an opportunity for people who couldn't necessarily afford the admission cost to participate in all the wonderful things that you have at the Children's Museum and not be called out on it, so to speak. Yes. Talk to me about that. So um, the Children's Museum has been committed to access for all of its 104 years. And we're quite well known for our $1 or free Friday night, which has been going on for four decades. But what we learned a few years ago was that for parents with very young children, Friday nights are quite difficult to get to the museum. It's quite, you know, it's a difficult part of the city to get to. And a, a young child is getting pretty tired by 5 or 6 o'clock, and they really don't want to be out that late. So we talked to people and found out that they really wanted to be able to come to the museum whenever anyone else comes to the museum. So these uh, individuals, many of whom live in Boston and also in some surrounding counties, um, would really wanted to have access to the museum just as any other of our full paying or members. So we, we looked around and thought of what could be a model for um, enabling these individuals to come. I had lived in England for a long time, and I knew that if you um, were unemployed, you were able to use your unemployment card to get a cheaper admission to museums and shows and so forth. And I wondered whether there was anything similar in the United States. I did find out there was one children's museum in Pittsburgh that was actually using the EBT card, which is the um, Electronics Benefits Transfer card. Or food stamps, or food some stamp people might card. recognize That's it. That's right. Uh, for an ID card, which actually notified the, uh, the museum that these individuals were uh, benefits eligible. And they were using this card as a means of providing a, a very uh, a reasonable entry to the museum. So we talked to our own Department of Transitional Assistance in the Commonwealth, and we asked them, could we do something similar? And we found out we were the first, really, in New England to even contemplate something of this nature. They were really excited about it. And the only thing they cautioned us about was whether families who were using the EBT card would feel in some way conspicuous or uncomfortable using their card. So during the summer of 2012, we did a lot of focus groups out in the neighborhoods. And we found out that people said, well, you know, it's just like an ID card. It's just like showing a credit card. So as long as it was just uh, you know, easily done at the information desk and there wasn't a lot of you know, kind of kerfuffle around it, they would be happy to use it. So we launched the program um, in 2012. The, uh, the idea was a $2 admission up to a family of four, $2 per person, um, anytime the museum is open upon presentation of the EBT card with some sort of ID. Well, little did we know that this would become such a mammoth hit almost overnight, and attendance doubled 
the three subsequent years to the point now where we actually, starting with just a few EBT visitors, we now, um, at the last, of, uh, the last counting of FY15, which was last year, we were at 13,500 EBT visitors. How are you letting people know about this program, the people who have the EBT cards? Well, we are thrilled that uh, other museums and cultural institutions have joined us now, largely through the promotion of the Mass Cultural Council, so we're very grateful for that. Um, there are a number of museums and uh, in the Boston area and across the Commonwealth now that are using the EBT card. And the great news is that now the Department of Transitional Assistance provides a letter with every single EBT card that is issued with the list of all the institutions that provide a discount for EBT users. So there couldn't be any better way of getting the word out than that. But we also provide at the museum a number of um, promotional opportunities for people to learn about it. We actually do advertising. We advertise in local papers. We advertise at community health centers. We also have a brochure in a number of different languages of the Boston Public Schools that we actually distribute through the school system. So we are really promoting this quite aggressively, and we have seen that the promotion has worked because the attendance has grown incrementally every single year. Talk a little bit more about the quality of the experience for the visitor when they can come anytime they want. We love the free days, but oftentimes those could be days with, that are very, very crowded, busy. very busy. Um, you have to stand in line, perhaps, if it's a if it's a you know a singular free day that isn't coming around very often and the whole idea that you can actually come when it's convenient for you when the museum maybe choose a time when the museum isn't as busy absolutely EBT users can come anytime that the museum is open the museum's open 363 days a year 9 to 5 and then 5 to 9 on Fridays we are finding that most of our EBT users come on Saturday and Sunday and that is typically when families with children are free to come to the museum um, we think that a number of the Friday night visitors have now moved on to the weekend um, because that is more convenient for them. And, you know, we're finding that people who are living in difficult circumstances, who are, you know, um, living in different degrees of poverty, are desperate for these opportunities to give these gifts to their children, to provide them with these educational opportunities, to provide them with a new environment to go to, to learn and enjoy and learn new words and have new experiences, which are very, very important to the brain development of young children. And we're just so thrilled that um, the Museum of Science, the Museum of Fine Arts, the ICA, the Gardner, other museums that are such rich environments for young families are also opening their doors to families to come at any time that anyone else can come. And we do find that uh, our free night, our $1 Friday night, is extremely busy. And our free days are ridiculously busy. <laughs> so we're really happy we can offer this opportunity to families to come anytime that suits them and enjoy an experience that any family could have. Now, we have a lot of museums who are also listeners to the podcast. Mm -hmm. So was there anything you learned along the way that you would um, offer as counsel or advice to a museum and saying, hey, maybe we ought to try this program too? Yes, I, I think people are a little bit worried about the impact of the program on their bottom line. And I will say, um, you know, we have about half a million visitors a year at the Children's Museum, so our current EBT attendance at about 15,000 uh, represents about 3% of our annual attendance. Um, we are very fortunate. Uh, we do have some sponsorship right now for the EBT program from the Highland Street Foundation. Um, it doesn't cover all our costs, but it helps mitigate some of the impact on the bottom line. 
I think that uh, people need to understand that EBT card users have a lot more barriers than just price to getting to, to any kind of cultural institution. Often these are people who are living in difficult circumstances. Um, they may be working um, in low-paying jobs. They may have multiple jobs. Um, and, you know, I think that people need to not be concerned about the volume of people coming on EBT. I mean, we're finding now, I haven't had the figures for FY16, but we're at about 15,000, and we're three months from the year end. So if you think of it, it may have built to its highest level. I mean, there's it, it, what we're seeing that's really of interest is that the EBT usage is now expanding outside of Suffolk County into the six or seven other counties immediately nearby to Boston. And um, unfortunately, we're seeing some of these counties are experiencing worsening poverty. So I, I really don't think museums need to be that concerned about its impact on the bottom line just because of the numbers. Um, and I think that they should really feel good about making their institution accessible to these families who deeply appreciate it, who are so grateful to be able to have this opportunity for their children. So I, we have seen absolutely no downside um, to the EBT program. It's been embraced with open arms by our board, by our staff, and uh, our visitors are just over the moon. We've had virtually no complaints from visitors at all. So I think if they um, you know, can call us or any of the other institutions that are uh, operating EBT, they'll really, really uh, enhance their value to the community. What a fantastic program. Carol Charnow, another one of our creative minds out loud. Thank you so much. It's just been such a pleasure to be able to talk with you, Anita. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.